Welcome, everybody, to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin, and I am your host. This week's episode is with John Clash, formerly known as rapper Jay Clash. Wow. This was one of those interviews that took me a while to get because John is a very busy guy, and I've been very busy, and it's not one of those things where he didn't want to do it. He definitely was down, like, as soon as I reached out to him, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And that dude's all over the place. He's literally all over the place. He travels so much. He currently lives in Puerto Rico. That's where he's, that's home base for him. He's from Yonkers, New York. Crazy story, man. He just has one of those awesome transformation stories where he's completely changed his life, and I really had a great time talking to him because I've kind of followed his journey online throughout the years since, like, yeah, probably going back to the MySpace days and following him as a rapper and seeing what he's doing now, and he's just a light, man. He's a good dude. He's out here trying to make a difference and do good things. And yeah, he got into Christianity, deep into Christianity and has transformed his life. We got to talk about his point in his life where the music business was just so tiring for him and he was just sick of it and ready to get out and he found his way out and and then from there it's just been a complete transformation for him with his life and I really hope we get to do another one of these because we talked about it towards the end because we could have talked for way longer as I can do with most of my guests but only had a certain amount of time to get this episode in and I hope you really enjoy it. This is my conversation with John Clash. my many online uh relationships that i've known somebody for a long time and we've never actually talked face to face like this so this is awesome sounded like you swiped right on me i swiped right on you yeah i'm on too many dating apps buddy um (laughs) it's tough it's a tough game out there you're lucky you're married (laughs) i am i am so blessed oh my gosh (laughs) is your brother single or is he married too um, he's in a long-term relationship. Uh, okay. So one of one's in a long-term relationship. The other one just recently got married and my sister is engaged. Okay. So they're, so, yeah, they're not, they're not worried about that either, man. Yeah, it's, they got it, to unlock. <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. I mostly just do it. Uh, I, I've deleted them. I've downloaded them again. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's a waste of time for the most part, but I had it um, when I was, when I was single, and it it was like a, 
it was like I wasn't even doing it to date. It was like just dopamine hits of like swipe right, swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. Match. Yeah. Match. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, and like I never talked to them. Like, yeah. I think I've I've met, I don't know, maybe like, oh, I just lost power. So John lost power for a brief moment. If you're listening and you aren't subscribed on any of our social media channels, you should be, because why not? And also on the podcast platform that you're listening to on right now. So you're notified when there's new episodes. New episodes are every Monday until the end of the year. Luckily, the power is not lost for too long and we got right back into it. Are we good? Do you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what. We're still connected to Wi-Fi. Where? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So in Puerto Rico, we lose power a lot. So that's why I just got, I was like, oh no, tell me this is happening right now. You're just but, used um, to it, but you're used to it. How often are you talking about? Like once a week? No, nah, not like, not once a week, but it's like if the wind blows in the wrong direction, it's like we lose power. So it's, uh, and then, you know, we got hit with the hurricane. Thing. Yeah. So they've been in the process of like fixing things, but it's just the the whole island grid is jacked up like super jacked up. So it's going to be a long process to fix it all. And during that fixing process, it's like, it's still jacked up. So if it rains too hard, we'll lose power. Jeez. Yeah. That is one, one drawback. At least you got the weather though. I, I would much rather lose power than shovel snow. Yeah. How long do you use, lose power for usually though? It's, it's usually not that long. it will be like, Sometimes it's like 20 minutes we lose power for. Okay. Uh, then, you know, if you got a hurricane, we were out for a week. So that wasn't fun. No, I've, d- I've done a couple days and that's the most I've had to do. We had a weird, we did, it wasn't a tropical storm because I'm in the middle of <laughs> the United States, but it was, they called it a derecho. It was just a windstorm. Yeah. And it was so powerful. It took out uh, people's power, a bunch of trees, and it was just a huge mess for uh, some people without power for like a week and a half. It was crazy. Had nothing to do with like any hurricane or anything. It was just this weird. Random windstorm. It was ridiculous. And I remember hearing it and I'm just like, this is it. Am I in a tornado right now? And it wasn't a tornado either. I don't know. But um, Midwest problems. Yeah, Midwest problems. But the great thing about the Midwest is, well, at least where I'm at in Iowa is it is very cheap to live here. (laughs) So I enjoy that. Uh, That is why. Of Puerto Rico as well. You know, you look at things like. Like, how can my money go longer, you know, live below your means? And, and, uh, it's something that's like difficult to do in New York to live below your means. Because I've heard if you make a lot of money, you're still broke. I've heard, I watch, I've seen videos on TikTok. You know, the guy that, that asked people how much they pay for rent in New York. Have you seen that guy? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like some of the, like the, the, the apartments that are just like, uh, they're just like closets basically and they're just like they're paying they're still paying more than i pay for my mortgage and i'm just like yep. no no way but i'm in new york you know you make it here you make it anywhere okay yeah just like la i i would move to new york before i moved to la though uh, it's crazy right now like it, it is 
I mean, only only LA. The rest of California is like nice, but LA is is just people are are running from it. Like it's just falling apart. It looks like I a saw I saw Wahlberg just moved out. Yeah. Uh, he was the most recent one I saw. Rogan's been out for a while. Yep. Uh, it's crazy, man. So there's a couple different reasons. Obviously, you chose Puerto Rico, your wife, the weather. Um, and uh, obviously, there's been a lot of different changes you've gone through. You started your own company. How long have you had your company going for? I would say maybe like four years. Three, four, four years? Yeah. I got to remember because like, I, I, I think back to, I, I came up with it while I was driving. And mm-hmm. I just think. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Trying to think back to, to when that was. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's like three, four years, 2018. Yeah. Four years. That's crazy. So what's the, uh, well, tell us a little bit about, about, well, a little bit about John Clash or J Clash, formerly known as J Clash. You go by J Clash <laughs> online as well. So it is every like I got a mix, you know. If you're my my mom, you call me Jonathan. If you're friends, you call me John. Uh people know me from music is J Clash. And then uh the John Clash thing just it actually started like 10 years ago. I I, I remember Jay Hatch was the first person to call me John Clash. And I don't I don't know, I guess it's just it's been it now. So Actually, I kind of want to know the story behind why you chose to be done with music. That is actually a good story that I wanted to hear. So start there. All right. Let me uh, sip on my water that I pretend is vodka. Uh, (laughs) It's good water. But um, so it, it, you know, I did music for since like I could breathe. So it wasn't like a overnight decision. No, no. I was, so I was doing music and the more that I did it, um, the, 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 the less I liked it. Right. So I liked making the music. I, I enjoyed expressing myself that way. I enjoyed hip hop. You know, that was, that was my Culture. Whole life, you know? Yeah. I, I break danced when I was little, you know, all my friends were into hip hop. Like it's just, it's what I was around. And then when I, when I started rapping and people were like, yo, you're actually pretty good. It like gave me confidence. And then I yeah. just started to turn it into a career and, and everything. So it, it was a, a lot of fun, but I had hooked up with, um, with this management group who was like kind of sideline of, you remember when young money was popping mm-hmm. uh, little Wayne and stuff like that. So they were, uh, you know, I was in that little, that little group. He took me to a bunch of meetings and it was like the the more I got into the actual music industry side of it, the less I enjoyed it because they're like, look, you're, you're good and everything, but we need you to make a song like this. I make a song like that. They're like, oh, that's great. But now we need you to make a song like this. And I'm like, okay. So I go and make a song like that. And they're like, oh, that's cool. But now we need you to make a song like this. And I'm like, I just want to make the songs that I want, that I, that I want to make, like the songs that got me in the door. What, like, what's, what's up with these songs, you know? Yeah. So it, uh, not only that, but I looked at, um, I looked at music as like a way out, you know, a way out of the streets, a way out of the regular nine to five, a way out of like just regular life. I never wanted like a quote unquote Free- regular life. You wanted it for freedom. Yeah. You wanted to do it for freedom. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And then the more that I got in the industry, the more I realized this wasn't freedom. Mm. You know, it was, 
I, I was tired of living a life of like looking over my shoulder. And I thought that music was like an escape, excuse me, an escape from that. And the more I got into the music industry, the more I realized it's the same thing. This is the same thing as the streets, except people got money in here. Like, yeah. So backstabbing and stuff yeah, like that. It was crazy. I remember like, also there's a, there's a lot of ups and downs of like, man, I think this is it. No, it's not. Oh man. I think this is it. No, it's not. Oh, I think this is it. No, it's not. So I was kind of tired of that. Then I was tired of like my, my job at the time getting laid off all the time. It was like, I would, it was like my music career would go like this when my job was going like this. And then my, my job would go like this. My music career is like this. It, it was just, it's like mess of everything. Right. What were you doing as a, what were you doing as a job? At I was time? an electrician. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in the apprenticeship program for most of the time. Right. Electricians, they make good, good, good money. Yeah. My and, buddy is in the program right now. All right, cool. But when you're an apprentice, it's like, yeah, he's doing all right. Yeah. So um, I was also involved in like street stuff at that time as well, because I could never rely just on the um, the electrical stuff because it was like, I'd be working and then boom, I'm laid off and then I'm working. And then even when I'm working, I'm not making enough. Like it just was a, you know, like I said, in New York, even if you make a whole lot of money, you're still broke. So, yeah. and I wasn't making a whole lot of money and I was broke and I was on my own. So I was just like, I don't know. Um, so anyway, I was in that like cycle of, I was tired of my job. I was tired of, uh, the music industry. And then I, we did that song called when you come home, the mm. military one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, uh, so I had moved into an apartment and I got laid off like the day after I moved into the apartment and I was just Terrible like, all right. yeah, I know. I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go ham on this, on this song and promoting the song and, and promoting like everything. I'm just going to go absolutely ham on it. So we did like, we went crazy and uh, we won an underground music award for it. And like all of this stuff. And it's still like with all of that going on, like nothing happened from it. And then I got the stuff with my manager at the time and, and all of this. And I'm just like, what, what am I doing here? Right. I was kind of looking for a way out. Right. I was just mm-hmm. really looking for a way out. And um, it, when I was uh, still in the motion of doing all of the um, all the music stuff, I had got to a point where I was just like looking around like this can't be it like this. This can't be it. I'm literally sleeping on a cot that I used for a music video. Uh, I have no furniture. I'm eating ramen noodles every single day. I'm like something's got to give, like, I got to do something. I'm losing my mind here. And then funny thing would happen. I got the inbox. No, I saw somebody post on, on Facebook saying like, Oh, I'm going to Dubai. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm like all of these places that she want to travel to. And she's like, who's coming with me. I just literally wrote underneath it. I was like, me question mark. (laughs) And she inboxed me and she sent me this video of this company Uh, that was in travel right and i was like hold on a second i think i think my manager was trying to tell me about this right i remember him telling me about some online business that you know he thinks i should get involved in and i'm like i don't care about that just give me a song with Nicki minaj like i don't care yeah yeah and but after i watched the video i was like i think i I think i could do this right so i called him i was like i was like hey bro uh, is this the thing that you were telling me about, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, you idiot. 
I was trying to tell you about it. Uh, like just, he was super hyped about it. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm going to do it. And he said, well, you're going to do it with me, right? I'm like, yeah, I don't know that girl. Of course I'm going to do it with you. So it was an online network marketing business, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think I've heard of it. What's it called? Uh, it was called World Ventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it had like the you should be here signs and stuff like that, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So I this is my first time ever hearing about that you could like work from home. They I don't have to go clock into a job. And I was like, all right, one of two things is gonna happen. Either this is be real. A flop. Yeah, either this is real and it's gonna work, or this is gonna be another failure. Like that was it. Like it was one of those two things. So I remember uh, it's so if you don't know what network marketing is, it's a recruiting system, right? So you you recruit customers and you recruit sales reps, right? So my first goal was to make a sale to see if they sent me my money, right? Like that was that was it. Yeah. I need to make sure this wasn't no scam. Like yeah, of course. If I so I, I made my first sale. And I remember I I like waited. I waited to get paid before doing anything else. I remember the $20, I made $20 from that sale, right? And my friends were like, we were all, uh, I showed them what was going on. And I was like, look, I'm going I'm to I'm see if this works, right? I'll be the guinea pig, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I got that check, I remember I sent a text myself. I was like, yo, they, they sent me a check. They were like, deposit it right now. So once I, I deposited it. Yeah, and make it sure it wasn't it, phony. Yeah. I hit up all my friends. I'm like, it works. It works. So we went absolutely crazy. You know, I went from driving a 98 Ford Thunderbird that the wheel fell off of to a five series BMW to like traveling all over the place and and helping other people make money and like all of this stuff. So I'm like music, you know, like in my mind, I'm like, "Ah, I'll go back to music when I feel like it. But I started winning in life. So And then another thing too that I enjoyed was that environment got me around people who thought like positively. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I was always around people who thought negatively. That's like how the streets is. That's how hip hop is. That's that environment. And now I'm around these people who like, I remember I walked into one of the trainings and like everybody was all happy and like, Hey, what's up, bro? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what's up with these people? Like the, what are they on? You know? Yeah. And, uh, but I liked it. I was like, you know, I like people being friendly to me. Like, this is cool. You know, I was so used to yeah. every meeting that I go, uh, for music, I gotta be tough. You know, every, um, event I do, I gotta be tough. Every, every, uh, um, show that I do, I gotta be tough. I got stabbed outside of a show. Like, you know, like this is the environment. So when I got introduced to that environment, not only that, but we were like, you know, we were making some money and then I was making money in my sleep, you know, like I would go to sleep. I wake up to more money. And I was just like, man, I don't, I don't think I want to do music anymore. You know? So I kind of just took that as like, that was my way out. I Mm -hmm. stopped, I didn't stop doing music, but I stopped, uh, like, like trying to get signed, trying to be famous, trying to, I really enjoyed building teams. I still, to this day, love building teams. I love pulling people together. I love helping people elevate their lives. Like I I love doing all that stuff. So when I started uh, like really winning there, really helped, like I had like six people get BMWs in like three months, you know, like it was just crazy. And so that kind of took me off 
music. And then I just made songs here and there. And I've been kind of doing business ever since. I'm not with that same company anymore. I'm working with a different company. You know, I have my own company. Um, but like that was kind of like the launching pad of my life changing. That, that makes a lot of sense. So why did you choose to, are you just, did you just go higher up in management with this other company then it was just a better deal or what? No. So I, I have rocked out with, um, with that company for like eight years, right. Yeah. Up until, up until COVID. And yeah, so, that had to mess the whole game up. Oh man, travel. Like yeah. that's all that we had was travel. So it was like, uh, it was like, first they got frauded like $150 million in China. Right. Mm. So that kind of was like a red you know, flag. Yeah, like an uppercut, right? And then they made some really bad investments. And I'm just like, things things ain't looking too good. And then COVID hits, right? So COVID hits, I was, you know, losing my mind. I'm like, what the heck are we going to do? Yeah. Do do? And then um, this other company came along and we had a meeting between companies, right? And I was like invited. I remember we got a call. We were in Orlando. This was the weekend I was going to ask my wife's uh father if i can marry her mm. right so we were in orlando i was visiting him for the first time never met him before and i'm like this this is my only chance to ask him if i can marry his daughter and while we're down there we get a phone call saying hey can you be in dallas tomorrow from like you know one of the um the higher ups that are over there i was like Yes, yeah. we'll be in Dallas tomorrow. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> we went we went down there and uh and we learned about the opportunity here at this other company. And I was a little like hesitant on it. You know, I was like, I, I don't know, because it, it's not just travel, like we're selling skincare, we're selling uh um like nutrition. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of these guys. It's like, hey, look at this, we'll buy this stuff. Like, I just I didn't want to be one of those guys. Yeah, like, corny, right? And, but that was until I realized that there were people making like 500 grand a month in companies like that. So I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a little open to it now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? But so anyway, we saw that said, all right, cool. This is what we're going to do now. We're, we're going to move over here. And then I also bought some of the products to like try it. And I have stomach issues, right? Like uh, IBS. I don't know what it is. My stomach is always jacked up. Yeah. And so when they were like, oh, you got to try the protein shake, it's made by this doctor, Dr. Howard Cohn. And, you know, he's a he's a medical genius and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, like super skeptical, New York, like, yeah, whatever. Heard it all before. Yeah. And I also don't like protein shakes because of my weak stomach. I drink a protein shake. It's over. I'm jacked up for three days. So uh, I, I was skeptical, but they were overload. Like, no. Yeah. They're like, yeah. no, try it. So I tried it. And the first day I tried it, I did like a, a testing where I didn't eat anything else. I just drank the shake so that if my stomach got messed up, I know that it's the shake, right? First day I did it, nothing, nothing happened. I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting, right? Second day I tried it, nothing happened. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Third day I tried it, I realized that not only was it not upsetting my stomach, but it settled my stomach issues. So I was like, hold up. Let me, let me keep this going. Right. So I just was drinking it every single day. And since then my stomach issues have, they haven't disappeared, you know, but yeah. oh my gosh, is my life like night and day in comparison. So when that happened, 
it was like, wow, we made the right move. And boom, we, we hit the ground running uh, with that as well. So that's kind of like where that transition happened. But um, it, it wasn't until I had like a really good experience with the products where I was like, really happy with the decision we made the the, the yeah because you know what he's selling some bum yeah products it, it was like the decision was made because it was it was a smart move when you got covid going on and it's still going on and you're like what the heck are we going to do all can't just do travel yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was a smart business move that that paid off uh physically for me as well and we've helped a whole lot of people as well with a, a bunch of issues we can't make like medical claims and stuff like that but a whole bunch of issues that has been helped with from these products. So now it's like, I feel really good about being the product guy. You'll check my Instagram. And now I'm talking about these products and I'm like, here I am, you know, doing something I said, being that guy. Good, you know, but when you got, That's a, good, I've said that about the podcast. Like if so, I, I don't have any sponsors right now, but if um, I, I, I keep going up and listeners and followers have been a lot more consistent, especially over the past year. And I'm not just going to be, you know, one of those guys that takes all the sponsorships, whatever you got, I'll say it. I don't care. I'm not going to be that guy, but if it's a product that I truly believe in, then yeah, I'll promote it. And that sounds like what you're doing. Yeah. It's uh, it's all integrity, man. Uh, I think that uh, something that I can't stand, especially about the industry that I'm in is, is uh, that I'm in with, with that is in all sales and all business. It's like, yeah money is the focus and yeah we're in here to make money like you don't start a business to not make money yeah that's that's what you're supposed to do but when that but when when you look at money as like the end all be all when it's like all right well i'll do this out of integrity for some money you know i just can't do it no. uh, there was um i was initially i was just recently pitched another company to go to mm-hmm. right and i'm like never like I, I love what we're doing here this has changed my life why would I do that but I was like you know what send me the I'll take a look at it because I, I love the person who is sharing it with me yeah. right and I look at it and it was just like to me it was the stupid it was like Walmart right like it, it just the everything looked cheap it looked generic wack. yeah and and the whole thing was like oh but we can make a lot of money over here cool like more money than we're making over there and I'm like I was like, yo, I don't care if they pay me a million dollars a month to stay in my bed. I would never sign up to that company. Like, and, and that's how you got to be about business, about life. It's your integrity. You, you have be- to have a line too. Like, yeah, man. Plus our company just, uh, they just helped with the schools in Guatemala, right? Like we just were able to bring that program into like partnership with what we're doing over here. And, you know, that's something I'm super yeah. passionate about. And they're dedicated to, you know, making sure schools get built, making sure we have trips going. You know, I just got off the phone uh, with the president of the company today discussing, um, you know, moving forward with with building more schools and stuff like that. So it's like you got to find something. And this is not just like when it comes to a company, when it comes to like literally anything that you're doing in life, like you got to you got to love doing it. You know, yeah. you got you to like if I made no money, I would enjoy doing the things that I'm doing. I mean, obviously I want to make money, but yeah. if I, would enjoy, I would just love doing everything that we're doing. And I've had high seasons and I've had low seasons, but I'm still excited about what's going on. And that's what you got to do. You got to find something that excites you and that, that allows you to maintain your integrity. How long have, uh, I know you've been doing the Guatemala ships for a while. How long has that been going on? I know obviously COVID was a hiccup in that, but. We actually did 
we did two trips during COVID. Right. <laughs> so ours was uh, the, we did one trip right before the pandemic hit. Like when okay. we got back to New York, it was like full blown pandemic. Yeah. They would have got, I think they shut down the, the, um, the airport in Guatemala like two days after we left. So we literally just made it back. I mean, Guatemala is beautiful. Wouldn't mind being stuck out there. Yeah. Not a terrible place. You'd yeah. suck out, but. but you know what I'm saying? So uh, we did it that time. And then when things sort of like, you know, eased up a little bit and, and it wasn't as crazy, but it was still going on. We did two back to back trips. And we had enough people in order for the trips to go. So like the pandemic for, for them out there, it was crazy. Like the, the, um, the company who puts together all of the stuff because they had no trips coming out there. They had no funding. They had, you know, so it was kind of like a scary situation for them. But as far as our trips went, like we, we got it done, you know, and thank God that we did because, you know, if the school's not getting built, if trips aren't running, then the system's not going and then kids are not going to school. And that's the most important thing. We need to get these these schools built so the kids can go to school. So is there a, what's the, I'm trying to phrase this question correctly. Like how much more work is there to do there? How bad is it? Oh my gosh. Uh, so the the island needs ten thousand schools. Uh, the island, the country needs. Sorry, now that I live on an island, you're on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the country needs like ten thousand schools, and we've built a hundred and thirty, hundred thirty six. Oh so, man, yeah, it's a long process. It's not something that is uh that is easy. And it's a it's lifelong also, process. Yeah, this is something that we're not going to see the fruits of it in our lifetime. You know, like we're just we're just not. This is something that you're planting for the next generation and and then the next generation. I'm hoping that my kids want to grow up and, and continue it. Not that I have kids yet, but hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, they'll they'll want to continue it on after me and my wife are, are gone. But to go back to your original question, um, I got invited on a trip, I think, like nine years ago, nine or 10 years ago. And I was just a guest. And that trip changed my life because I went out there. I saw how happy these kids were with nothing. I came back out of here. I saw how miserable everybody is where everything completely changed my life. So I told Respect you guys, it, yeah. yeah, I was like, look guys, I got a few things I got to do in business. Like I got to, I got to get some things done. But once I accomplish that, I'm coming to like, I'm going to lead some trips out here. And once I accomplished that goal, it took me a couple of years. But once I accomplished that goal, I went right back to them. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to start leading trips. And since then it's been pretty much every single year for the past five or six years that we've been doing this. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's cool. Making a difference where you can is very important and rewarding and fulfilling as well, which is awesome. Um, it, it blesses, like you really go out there thinking like, oh, I'm going to change some kids' lives. And then you go out there and your life has changed. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, I won't get, I, I won't get further into the rap stuff, but I got to ask one question about the rap, the rap stuff. Who you would can, you, you see? Go further. You can go further. You can, for, hey, you can, you can go for whatever you want, man. This your show. I'm just here for the ride. Oh yeah. It's my show. I can ask you whatever I want. All right. Um, so when it comes to the, the rap stuff, uh, how, who did you, you said there was a lot of negativity. Did you meet anyone that was like that stood away, stood stood out, and was like definitely 
that didn't fall in line with the with the negative. Because obviously, not not every single person in the industry is negative. There's just yeah. more so that more negativity than positivity. So anyone that you can remember or you still have contact with this today that like was just like that's the guy that was like I loved yeah. meeting that person. That person was awesome. Or maybe even a maybe even name dropping somebody that you met that you thought you would never meet before or something like that. Yeah. So Jada Kiss, I would say, is really nice dude. Yeah. Like, I saw he's coming out with a coffee company. Yeah. Yeah. His father's been in coffee like his whole entire life. So this is, uh, oh, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so his father's been involved in coffee his whole entire life. But he's like, he's come to our uh, toy drives and like, he's just always been like super supportive. Um, and he's like that with, with a lot of people. So I would say Jada Kiss is. I mean, I, I never like met a whole bunch of like famous people. I always met like A&Rs and, and uh, like managers and like this person's A&R. I went to Kendrick Lamar's um, mixtape party, uh, like when he dropped his first mixtape with, um, with Dr. Dre at Quad Studios, but I didn't even get to meet him. Like mm. it, it, it's always like, there's always these barriers, you know, like barriers, which is, which I get it, you know, cause everybody's trying to, yo, listen to my CD. Yo, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember two chains came to Yonkers and uh, this is when I was uh, riding motorcycles in a motorcycle club. And um, one of the guys ran, uh, came to the car to, uh, to give him a, a CD and he would not take my mixtape. Right. So we went like looking for him uh, while he was in Yonkers and I'm glad we didn't find him. Because <laughs> what's funny is uh, they they told us all he he came out there to shoot a music video I think with Kanye West right mm -hmm. and uh, Kanye left but Two Chains was like hanging out and somebody was like oh he's at the pier and I don't know why we thought he would be at like the hood pier that we hang out at no he was at the nice pier <laughs> in Yonkers so we went to the hood pier and ain't nobody there I'm like he likes nice stuff clearly yeah, yeah. Like, Two yeah. Chains yeah I guess. But um, yeah, man, I, I would say Jadakiss is really nice dude. Yeah, he gives back a lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do a lot of stuff. Uh, Tony Moxberg is um, he's a more of a local artist, but he's like really been making a lot of noise touring with Kiss and stuff like that. Like he's been on Funk Flex and and whatnot. Um, he's probably the favorite, my favorite person that I've met. He does the coat drives and toy drives with me like that he nice. stands them as like we're doing these together and he really cares about his community that's awesome yeah. that's important and uh both those guys live in live in the community too right yeah so yeah there's a lot of people that for i see both sides of the coin you know once you get so big you want to move out and you want to move away um to get away from you know whether it's drama or whatever but it says a lot about a person who just stays and is just like no this is where i'm from and this, i'm gonna make it better um it's that it says so a lot kiss, kissing them it's like so what happens is when people leave their community like when, when they make a name for themselves and then leave i understand it to an extent because yeah to an extent yeah but but jada and and them like they've always been in the community. It's not just like uh, like somebody that lived over there and like, oh yeah, that person got famous. Like, no, they've always been in the community, in the streets, like always been there. 
So it's like, where are you going to go? You know, it's not like they live in the hood anymore, but they, they're always in the community. Yeah. Jadakiss is one of my favorite feature artists too, dude. He just like every feature, he just destroys it. Yeah. I've stopped listening to, uh, to secular hip hop. Um, it, uh, I don't, I don't even listen to like Christian hip hop, except my boy C4. He's really good, really good. But I've just, I've really stepped away from a lot of like, um, stuff that influences my mind to go back to who I used to be. Ooh, I uh, gotcha. I understand. Yeah. So if I listen to like a, a Jada kiss verse, I feel like moving back to Yonkers and selling drugs. So I just, don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so what do you listen to then? What's your go-to? I listen to like worship music, man. I'm like full blown yeah. Christian, you know, yeah. I don't curse. <laughs> I don't drink liquor. Like I don't uh, like I'm, I'm like a square now, but um, it's interesting because it was like the, the more that I started to dig into the word and the more that I became uh, like just really digging for truth and trying to find these things out. It was like, I, these weren't changes that happened in my life of where like, man, I got to stop doing this. Oh man, I got to stop cursing. I got to stop drinking liquor. Like there's choices. It wasn't even choice. Like I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like it, oh. it was, it's really weird. Like I just all of a sudden was like, "Do you hear the police in the background?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. Puerto Rico is so loud. I even have soundproofing on that window. It doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just I stopped wanting to do the things that I used to love doing, and now I look at like uh, like stuff that I used to enjoy doing. I'm like. I, like, I don't know how people do that anymore. Like it, it, it's so crazy to me, the, the radical change that falling in love with Jesus has, has done in my life. And it wasn't anything I did. Like there was no, I'm telling you that I it's not like I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to stop doing this. I wasn't like that. Yeah. It was a slow process of just like, as I continued to do the things that I did before I was a Christian like they just stopped feeling like good, like they used to, you know, I just was like, uh, I don't do this anymore. You know, did you uh, grow up in a Christian household at all? No, no, not a religious household at all. So this is something. Uh, so who was the person? Was there a particular person or group of people that were like, Hey, you should probably check this out. You know, <laughs> this old Bible thing, you know? Yeah. So it was, um, uh, it was, it goes back to the business, right? Mm-hmm. I got put into an environment of where positivity and yeah, we're positive, but also I was surrounded, like surrounded by some millionaires and these millionaires believed in God. Like they were always talking about God and this, that, and that was mind blowing to me because I thought that, um, like you can't, you know, you, I thought that if you were like Christian, you were poor, you know, like, like you're not allowed to have money. Like you got to yeah. be living in poverty. Money is the root of evil. Like these are things yeah. that I thought. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I just got around people who believed in God and I just started asking questions like, Hey, what, like, you know, what's up with this stuff? And then one, one time I got invited to church and I was not, not with the whole church thing. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I avoided it. And he was like, you, you got to come, you got to try this church. It's like a rock concert. I'm t- He's like, I'm telling you, John. And this kid was like a street kid too. So like him telling me to go to church, like, no, you got to go. I was like, 
all right, fine. I'll, I'll go check it out. Right. And so where was this, was this back home, back, in, back in New York? In New York city. So it was Hillsong, which they've had a bunch of problems now, but, um, at, at the time it was exactly what was needed for me. I went in there and, and it was like a rock concert. I was like, wow, this is really dope. The music was incredible. Like I've never heard Christian music like this. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. I wasn't sold on the whole Jesus thing, but I was like, I like this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. So I went to church and um, I would go not every weekend, but I would, I would consistently go. Then I got invited to another church by a friend in Connecticut who was like, yo, you got to come to this one. It's like a regionals. And a regionals was like a training event that we all enjoyed going to. It was like super motivational and stuff like that. Right. So I was like, all right, I'll check that out. I like this one. I'll go check out that one, you know? So, and it was right next to my mom's house. So I was just like, all right, it's convenient as well. So I went up there and at like the end of one of the services, I was at the the front, you know, giving my life to Christ, taking a little pamphlet that they gave me. And I was like, what the heck just happened? It was like, I guess it was like an emotional sermon. Um, it's like a, a blur to me, but when I got to my mom's house, I was just like, like going over this in my mind, like, what, what did I just do? There's no, I'm not a Christian. Like I was, yeah. I made an emotional decision. You know, it, I didn't put my trust in Christ. I didn't believe in him as my Lord and savior. None of that. I, I had an emotional sermon that drew me into coming down there, but it was at that moment that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna figure this thing out. Like, I'm, I'm just gonna figure it out. So I went down this rabbit hole of like, looking at what different religions believe, right, including myself, because I was an agnostic atheist. And I was actually pretty hostile towards Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, right before getting invited to church, I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. Like you guys believe somebody rose from the dead. That's stupid. You know, like it, it just, yeah, it just shut happen. off. Yeah. Yeah. So when, um, when I went down that journey of like trying to figure out, I really wanted to, to wanted it to not be true. Right. Oh yeah. Just do you want to prove, discredit it. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want it to be true. Cause I'm like, this, this, this is crazy. What am I doing here? Like, what, what am I doing? John going to church, doing this, doing like, what am I doing? Right. But then when I started looking into the different worldviews, you know, I looked into atheism, like, does that make logical sense? I don't think that it does. Uh, when you when you really break everything down, um, if we had like another three hours, we could go through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> then I looked at you know what what do uh, pantheistic worldviews believe? You know, like Hinduism and and Buddhism and mm-hmm. and those. And then I looked at all right, well, what do like what do the monotheistic religions believe? You know, Islam and and Judaism and Christianity and. Uh, you know, do we have historical evidence for Jesus Christ even like really existing? Because I thought that maybe he was just a recreation of Horus and like these other Egyptian gods and all this stuff. I'm telling you, like I was very skeptical about everything. And it was like Did the your more research. That, yeah. The more that I dug into it, the more that I I was like just finding facts about the Christian worldview. Hmm. Like it, so I went through this process of like, all right. If, I, if I'm going to remain an atheist, I have to believe that the whole entire universe pops into existence from nothing, right? Then not only do I have to believe that, I have to, like, I got to believe time, space, and matter came into existence from nothing, right? Then I have to believe that life came from non-life and that I'm just like evolved soup, 
right? Like, and that nothing really matters. There's no morality. Like you can, you can have subjective morality because, you know, I can feel that something's right or wrong, but if we're literally just evolved soup and we're atoms that are just bumping into each other and there's no like rhyme or reason, the whole entire universe is here by accident, then who cares if I put one through your forehead, you know, like, like who cares? There's, there's no, there's no objective morality when it comes to that, you know? So I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. Right. And I know there's people who totally disagree with me, but oh, of course. Then I looked at um, like the pantheistic worldviews, which they believe the universe is eternal, right? Meaning, like, always has existed, always will exist. Like, it's an infinite universe, right? And that's been proven wrong by science because you know there's there's a lot of evidence for the beginning of the universe. Um, you have the second law of thermodynamics, which shows that you know, which is basically just the law of entropy that. Uh, you know, the universe is running out of usable energy and it's eventually going to collapse in on itself. So if, if that's the case, then how could it be infinite? Right. And you have all of these different things. So I'm like, I can't believe in a religion that believes that the universe is infinite. If all of the evidence points to the universe being finite and it having a beginning and it having an end coming. Right. So I'm like, all right, I can't, I can't believe that. Then I looked at the monotheistic religions. I'm like, how do I figure this one out now? Mm. You know, because now, now here I am at a place where I'm like, all right, it makes sense to believe in a, in, in a God, a transcendent God that sits outside of time, space and matter. But it, does that mean I'm going to believe in Christianity? Does that mean I'm going to believe in Ju- Judaism? Does that like all of that? So the one thing that I figured I could like pin down was uh, the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Like, what do all of these worldviews say about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? And when you look at the evidence of uh, like the Gospels, you know, people like to say, oh, the Bible is just written by man. They did it to control people, all this, this and that. But if you look yeah. at like how the Gospels go, you know, there, there's things that suggest that the Gospels are the events that actually happen, like that they've written down the events as they actually happen. One of them being the women finding Jesus's tomb empty, you know. A woman's testimony at that time uh, of of the gospels being written was looked at as worthless right uh you needed the testimony of at least two men in order to convict somebody in a court of law if you had 17 women their testimonies would not be able to convict a man in the court of law like their their testimony was absolutely trash in that culture mm-hmm. so when you look at um the the gospel writers saying that it was the women who discovered the tomb it was the women also who stayed with jesus through his whole entire crucifixion it's the women doing all of the brave stuff while the men are running that just it doesn't seem like if this was a forgery and this was being made up that that would be the case then you also have the conversion of like paul who is an actual historical figure that there's a whole bunch of evidence for his existence and he went from killing christians to then having an experience with the risen christ to then writing like most of the new testament so you and he gave up everything for it gave up his social status financial status political status gave up everything for it got no reason to to hold on to this lie and he does it then you also have the conversion of jesus's family his brothers uh, who who started believing in him imagine colin like if you gotta convince a family member that you are god in the flesh 
<laughs> they're not going to believe you unless you rose from the dead. Like they're just not gonna. So, you know, yeah. I'm looking at all these facts and I just, I don't know when it happened, but I'm just like, man, I think Jesus is who he says he is. I think that he rose from the dead and I'm going to believe this. I, I, I have no choice. I got all this evidence for it. So that, that was like my conversion story. I, I just came to that point. And then when I became a Christian, I just continued my life like regular, like nothing actually changed. Right. Like I just, I was still sleeping around. I was still drinking to get drunk. I was still, but I had, but I knew in my mind that Jesus was Lord and that, uh, you know, all you need to do to get into heaven is put your trust in him. And that kind of like started to like really seep into my mind. Then I got to a point in life where I fell flat on my face, right? Money stopped coming in. Um, I was losing everything, like just fell flat on my face. And I, I was like, well, how, how is this, how's this possible? Like I was, I was also trapped by uh, what's called the prosperity gospel, right? Where they teach you that if you believe in Jesus, you'll, you'll be healthy. You'll be, well, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. So I was caught up in that. I thought that that was true. So when I'm here, I am not healthy, not wealthy. And like my life's falling apart. I'm like, I think I've, I, I think I've learned something wrong. Right. So I, then I started really digging into the Bible and digging into it in context and like what it actually means, like these scriptures, like, like, what does this mean in context? Cause you can pull anything out and, and make it mean whatever you want it to mean. Yeah. But when you read something like the Bible, you got to read it in the way it was written, understanding who it was written to, when it was written, why it was written, you know, you gotta, you gotta know these things in order to really fully understand it. And it was when I was flat on my face that I went like just absolutely ham in learning it and, and then came up with that company, uh, you know, and then here I am with this online ministry and all of this stuff. Like it's crazy how, how God worked through that business and brought me all the way to where I'm at now. And, and now I'm about to release a book and everything is so crazy. Absolutely crazy. How long have you been working on the book? Two years. Yeah, it's a long process. What process are you at right now with the book? So right now we have a, uh, a um, company looking to publish it. And it's a pretty okay. big Christian uh, Christian publishing company. I was just going to put it out myself. Yeah, self-published. Yeah, and the way that uh, God has been aligning things, it, it's, it just seems that I'm not supposed to put it out myself because it, it's like everything has fallen into place. And I can like look back and connect the dots of how that happened. But I'm just like, I don't want to jump the gun because right now they're really going through it again, like doing a double take on it to see if they're going to give it the green light. And that process usually takes like a couple months, usually. I don't know. They seem, they seem to me like they're moving pretty quickly on it. Okay. So, uh, she asked me, uh, one of the ladies reading it, reached back out to me and asked me about a specific part in the book. So I know that that's where they're at. <laughs> so what is the, tell us a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah. So have you ever heard of the law of attraction? Yeah. All right. So I used to buy into the law of attraction wholeheartedly, right? Like all the way I was sold on it before I was a Christian. Even when I was a Christian, I was still believing it. I was like in on it. Right trying to manifest my dreams and this stuff like is infused into all businesses. You know, if you're in sales business, it, it won't take you more than two weeks until you run into somebody telling you about the law of attraction. Like it's just yeah. the way that it is. Right. Yep. So at 
as I was, uh, you know, doing my, my journey with, um, with Christianity, something just was like, it's like ringing in my ear of like, law of attraction is no good. Like look into it, you know, look into it more. Right. And I had no idea that the law of attraction was connected to uh, the new age worldview, which is another pantheist worldview. It's like a mishmash of a whole bunch of things, but I had no idea that it was connected to that. And then I was like, let me look into this a little bit more. And then the further that I dug into it, uh, I found that it had its roots in like people who were Luciferian and, and had like ties to Satanism and stuff. And I'm like, like, oh, that's crazy. Right. So like, as I'm digging into this, now it starts branching off into other things, you know, like, well, are they lying about what they're saying in the book? Like in the secret and in like all of these things, are they lying about this stuff? So I start digging into like the truth claims that they're making in these books. And I'm realizing that they're, they're just nonsense. There's, you can't even, some of them are unfalsifiable claims. Like you can't even, uh, you can't even find out if it's true or false. You know, they're just saying it. Right. Yeah. And I'm yeah. looking at like, you know, they're, they're claiming that science proves the law of attraction. I'm like, well, actually the science that you're claiming proves the law of attraction is in contradiction with what we know to be true about science, you know? And then them saying that, oh yeah, it's in the Bible. The law of attraction is in the Bible. And at this point, I know it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I've done a deep dive. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, uh, and then I start looking into the the people who are pushing this stuff and I'm finding mad scandals and Mm. like just crazy stuff. And I found out uh, if you watch the movie, The Secret, there's this one woman who says that she beat breast cancer through the law of attraction, right? She didn't take any medicine, she didn't anything. She beat it with the power of her mind. And at, at the time when I was caught up in that, I was like, wow, that's dope, right? What I didn't know is that this woman actually died of breast cancer. So here she is in this movie telling you that she's beat breast cancer and you can beat it too all with the power of your mind and she's dead from breast cancer so i'm like yo if even one percent of people who watch this nonsense nonsense believe it that's it's like i think like 130,000 people who are in danger of of of, uh you know because there's like 35 million copies sold right so it's like a hundred thousand or so are um, would be in danger of losing their life if just one percent of people actually believed what they're being chose told. that route. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So it's so I wrote a book completely bodying the law of attraction and like just ripping it apart. And uh, it, a bunch of my friends are still caught up in the law of attraction, so I'm just ready to drop this bomb on everybody. <laughs> so what's your uh advice as far as um the belief system as far as like because i understand the basis of law of attraction like you know like oh you're i see it as like if i'm a good person and doing good things good things will happen to me no that's like karma that's more um, karma yeah yeah that's more karma you you reap what you sow and stuff like that karma, actually Actually, people have a, a twisted view of karma as well. Yeah. Because karma actually isn't for this life. It's like for your next life. So like the stuff that you're doing now is for, is like how you're going to get reincarnated. Your karma gets like paid to you in the next life. So if you keep doing good, maybe you won't be reincarnated as a bug or something like that. You know? yeah. um, but the law of attraction says like you can attract anything that you want in life, right? 
it manifest it's more manifesting yeah so it's they say that your thoughts are frequencies right and a freq- if you just keep your mind on the frequency of exactly what you want the universe has no choice but to give it to you right and i bought into that oh my gosh did i buy into that i it I call it getting on the secret cycle, right? It's where you cannot have not even one negative thought enter your mind or it messes up your whole entire life. Like I was in this, like, you know, if I had something bad pop in my head, it, it was like, I was, I would ignore things that I needed to pay attention to it because if I don't pay attention to it, I'm not, I'm not going to fix it. Right. I would ignore those things just to stay on a positive wavelength and to attract mm-hmm. into my life. And another thing that you'll notice is most people who practice the law of attraction, they're not millionaires. Like 99.99% of all people who are practicing the law of attraction and telling you that you can manifest all of this stuff, they're not making no money. The only people who are making money are the people who have made businesses out of teaching people the law of attraction. That's it. That's it. And there's probably some stats to support that as well. Yeah. Well, also, so I I have a few friends who have went from nothing to something and not only nothing to something, but from something to like multimillionaires, right? Watch them go from other, and they'll, many of them will attribute that success to the law of attraction. But what they fail to like recognize, I'm like, why would you give your credit away to the law of attraction? I've watched- You did the work. Yeah, I've watched you work around the clock. Like- You have to put in the work. Yeah, you, oh my gosh. My friend, David Peach, right? Super anti-law of attraction. And- he was the he was the fastest person in our company to get to like the top rank, right? Making millions of dollars. He did it in 10 months. He beat everybody who was there before him. He did not do that because of the law of attraction. He knocked down the walls at his chiropractic center to make more room to have presentations. Like he put in the work, you know? So it's interesting when the person who doesn't believe in the law of attraction beats everybody else who does, because then it's like, I thought, I thought your law of attraction thing was working there, you know? <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, man, it's all about, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the action. Like yeah. you can't just, that sounds like making a wish to me. Yeah. That's essentially what it is. It's like, it's like, yeah, I want to have a successful podcast, but I don't want to interview anyone. <laughs> yeah. Just want it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, just, you know, number, number one on Spotify right now. Can you hear the fan? I heard it for a second. All right. I heard something. All right. We'll say it is, it is getting hot in here. No, you're good. I gotta, I gotta wrap up anyway soon because I think I might have to check back in with work. Cause that's one thing with working from home and I'm also salaried. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always on the clock. Uh, yeah. I know the feeling yeah business and it's the same thing oh i know and eventually i'm gonna get that way get that get to that route but i just haven't figured out what i want to do yet um yeah the nine to five is just uh it's stability right now yeah man i always tell people you gotta uh your nine to five is is what pays the bills and then your your five to nine is you know you work on your dreams you, you find the time to just you know, here you are working in pockets on your podcast. You know, you, you had the call that you had to take before we got on. Now you got a call coming up later. That's what you do. You take the time that you have and you get done what you need to get done. Or you could just like sit around and manifest it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> All 
Oh man, I gotta think of a good joke for that thing because that's another thing I've been doing, man. The comedy thing's been fun, man. That's it. Talk about positivity, man. Like the people that I've met, just like you'd think, like some some comedians I've met are very sad, depressed, negative people, but some of them are sad and depressed, but they're still positive and they're still good people and they want you to do well and supportive and. I've been really lucky to find a good community like that because it's hard to find people that like want to lift other people up and not bring them down or like try to one up you or whatever. You got to attract it, bro. You got to just put it out into the universe and, you know, and bring it to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, that's really good that you, that you found that. I do feel so. One of my views on like the law of attraction is that, if you become more attractive, you attract people, you know, like if you're, if you're, if you're enjoying what you're doing, you're having fun doing it, you're, you're, you know, experiencing it, you're lifting other people up. Other people who are interested in what you're doing are going to want to be around you. It's not the universe doing it. That's all you, you know? Yeah, exactly. That makes sense because I've noticed that. And that's why I'm not really like hung up on the, on the dating apps, like I was talking about, joking about earlier, I, it's more of just like when I'm bored or whatever, I'll like before I go to bed, I'll mess around on them. Um, but I don't spend too much time on there because like I want to meet a person, you know, organically and also because I put out a good energy, someone that wants to talk to me because, you know, I'm doing good things and, you know, I'm not trying to force like, something. Like, make a friend bro like if I, if I could give any advice is that when my wife and I were friends before we ever started dating we had no idea that we would even I always thought she was cute but that was it you know like I wasn't like oh my gosh you know I just thought she was cute yeah and she she didn't even like me at one point like <laughs> but we were cool you know we, we and then it was like when we were ready it was like God just lifted the veil and was like Now's the time. That's the one for you. And it went from zero to 100 real quick. So, uh, you know, you got to. Part of my advice would be, do you want a girl who's on a dating app? Like if you're are you if you working towards marriage and stuff like that, do you want to be yeah. on a dating app? No, probably not. Probably not. If you want if you want to find someone who is. Uh, if you want to find someone who you're looking to build that that future with. Might as well just get off the apps completely. Yeah. And it was just what I did. And then I broke, I broke my rule uh, (laughs) the other day. And now I'm going to have to make fun of myself for it. It's been good stand-up material though. Oh yeah, of course. I could imagine. imagine. Oh, it's fantastic. Cause somebody, so many people can relate to it. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and I'm glad we finally made this happen. Definitely. I, I feel like the conversation isn't complete, so we'll have to do it again. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll definitely have to link up. Maybe we'll do a live, but uh, even though I'm even though I'm scared of them, but I'm not scared of them. But you know, I I know what you're talking about like yeah. all there's a bunch of shit to worry about. But the lives are where it's at. I just was on my buddy's YouTube live last night because he wanted to interview me about the podcast and just comedy, and um, he's been doing a little segment. Uh, at the beginning of his shows and he does a live every Sunday. And I was just shocked at like the, how many 
question comments and stuff that he was getting i was just like holy shit and stay consistent man stay consistent that's it that's the name of the game maybe a year from now you and i will both have hundreds of thousands of viewers and stuff like that and then when we do a live it's like a big thing yeah yeah we'll make it a big event yeah well i would always want to i've always wanted to do a uh some people you know some of the bigger names i've been doing podcasts i'll do like a they'll do a podcast like a live podcast like at a theater like at a at an event center that would be awesome yeah that's dope that's something to shoot for there's always something cooler to do there's always something bigger always gotta always innovate yep all right man well i gotta get going but i appreciate you taking the time we'll talk soon okay man definitely and if you make a law of attraction joke tag me yeah i'll let you know man for sure (laughs) later all right later